from our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to It's All Political, the Chronicle's politics podcast. Today's guest is California State Treasurer John Chung, who's running for governor. Now, the rap on Chung is that he's really boring. But that wasn't the case. He opens up by ripping on my vest, and he, he's actually kind of chatty. I'm Joe Garfoli, and this is It's All Political. Okay, we here we are. Yes, we're here with the, It's All Political uh, with the state treasurer, John Chung, who is running for uh, governor, and you've already busted on my vest. Uh, uh, I, I think it's hot. You think I, it's hot? I, 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 right. I think it's awesome. Well, I told thank you. you. I, I As we just it. said, the, you used to have three-piece suits, and what do you do with the vest? So. Yes, now I'm reclaiming the vest. Yeah, yes, we're, we're, we're like gonna, a 1920s look. We're going to fix the issues of the 1970s. <laughs> wow. All right. So uh, you, you've been state treasurer, been state controller. Why, why do you, the hottest why, positions. Yes. The, <laughs> why? Why do you want to run for governor? That's just like a. That's just like a. a it seems like a terrible job. Oh, it's a great job. The, it it's, is. Right. right. This is such a fantastic state. The the opportunities that you get to work on. Right. You just think of all the good people here who are trying to make their dreams uh, come to fruition. Like me, I, I'm an immigrant. The to California. I grew up in uh, suburban Chicago. Mm-hmm. But uh, right. This is a city. This is the state where you have the beach, the mountains, incredible innovation, great diversity of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, people deserve great leadership, people who cares about them, and people are going to take bold, powerful action to make sure that uh, they get their uh, best shot at life here. Right. And now you say you grew up in Chicago. Your parents were Taiwanese immigrants. They came from Taiwan in the, separately uh, in the early 1950s. Mm-hmm. And came out here for, to, uh, for educational purposes. That's right. Your pop, right. Yeah. Um, and you said it wasn't not a lot of uh, Taiwanese families growing up. You were and not you, a lot of not, Asian and families. not a lot of Asian families yeah. at all. And you, you faced some discrimination growing up, and the, they're in the largely lily white uh, suburbs of, of Chicago. Yeah, tell, so us, tell us about what, how that shaped you. It's hard to be Southside Irish, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, yeah, my parents came from Taiwan. They had the American dream. Uh, it, it was different, uh, and so. A lot of times there's intolerance. There's a lack of understanding. People can be hostile. They can treat you as second-class citizens, and that had a deep and uh, profound impact on me. That's sort of how I govern. I want to make sure that people don't have to live through that. We're right. better than that. Right? People this is like America. spray-painting epithets on your garage. Go and, home. And go gook, home. Jap, chink. Uh, uh, unfortunately, still people still use uh, racist language. Yeah. We, we have to make sure that... Right, you're not going to get these. You want to see leadership from up above, right? But leadership emanates from within, mm-hmm. right? So how we treat each other, right? The looking at we have more in common uh, than what differentiates us up. And even if we different, if we're different, we ought to celebrate it, right? The uh, we don't all want to be the same. Yeah, tell me, sister. Uh, there was a story about your sister. I think it was when you were young. Uh, so there was you had to defend your sister. Or was it your brother? I mean, uh, my brothers. Your brothers. Should, yeah, you Tell should, me, they you're the oldest I'm, of four kids. I'm the oldest of four kids, and I, I like that responsibility. It wasn't easy, right? You have immigrant parents who, especially my mom, who's very, very loving, very, very caring, but very nervous, uh, mm. right? The uh, you know foreign country. She didn't have great command of the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted all the kids to be close, right? Mm-hmm. So the uh, I'm John. Uh, my mom named the kids JRJR: John, Robert, Joyce, and Roger, and so. Even though my sister was eight years younger and my baby brother was ten years younger, she wanted all of us to be close. And mm-hmm. so when we went out, we had to take care of them. 
right? And as uh, when you're in high school, you're thinking, this is a pain in the rear, oh, right? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, you don't want you know, to who wants to bring, you know, your eight-year-old sister who's eight years younger. But it made us all very close. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we faced the discrimination, and people would push my brother off the bike. They would beat him up. And I was in conflict, right, because these kids would be younger than me but older than my brother. But you had to stop him, and sometimes right. you got into fights. Yeah. Uh, I got uh, suspended in junior high school because I... I beat up uh, somebody I knew who was uh, stomped on my brother's lunch, did it rather regularly. And uh, one of the things I loved doing, I still, until I broke my ankle heel, is I loved playing basketball. Mm -hmm. So I got suspended for a game from playing on the, on the mm -hmm. basketball team. For that. And, but you felt it was important to, to stand up for your, for your brothers. And, 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 and you're, you're, and, you're and not a, a violent guy. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no I, I like harmony. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I like people coming together. But right, you have to stand firm when... People engage, right? I was a big, I like peace and I liked Martin Luther King, but sometimes the, you know, it's like, right. okay, that didn't work here and I didn't have other solutions to try to remedy it. And something else that shaped you was another tragedy in your life. And uh, we're just getting to, folks getting to know you. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know what the state treasurer is and such. They don't? Uh, they don't. <laughs> so I hear. They don't think banking, I, I they, they don't think banking is like just hot and sexy and they're tracking you, it every you day. You were going to make it hot and sexy. That's what, that's your hope. Um, your sister passed in, in, in 1999. Yeah, she was abducted and, and killed. Um, how, how did that How did that shape you? you again, very close family. Uh, she was the it? person I was closest to in the world. As I uh, mentioned earlier in the conversation, I was responsible for taking care of her uh, when we went out. She went to the same law school. Uh, she had this sense of uh, justice, and she loved people. My sister. Uh, more than any other person I know was great in keeping touch with her friends, mm -hmm. right? She, she could close uh, that gap with people. And so, uh, and that whole sense, my name, my mom named her Joyce, right? Because she was waiting for a daughter, right? She was the third child and she named her Joyce because she said she brought her great joy. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, to lose that, the, uh, when I, when I first, uh, when I was running for the Board of Equalization and you have uh, some of that nervous energy and I would call my sister at two o'clock our time, she was in Washington, D.C., be five o'clock and, you know, you do it at that time. And she said, hey, John, you know, I'm always here for you, but if you can wait an extra hour so that it would be six o'clock in the morning, and she goes, it really <laughs> help me out. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk this governor's race. Yeah. Um, where you, Villaraigosa, uh, Newsom, Delaney's, and you're all kind of basically on the same page in terms we're, of we're issues. Democrats. Yeah, yeah. We're where Democrats. do you differ from the, these guys on any issues? The, uh, well, focus. Uh, I think what's very different uh, is that, uh, you know, I've taken a very different road than other Democrats. We see, you know, people engaging and a lot of yelling back and forth. Uh, I take a lot of action, right? You know, people need housing. We're a million and a half units short here in California. So I'm trying to build housing. I'm trying to make sure that we have a strong financial underpinning for this state because kids deserve a world-class education. Uh, I'm invested in making sure that we do things better with healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. I push ideas at, at CalPERS. I put out ideas about how do we fix our infrastructure in California. So I think that's where I'm very, very different uh, in regards to not following what other people do, uh, not engaging as much in all the yelling, but trying to really fight for retirement security, uh, taking, helping uh, students take care of their student loans, real solutions so that people have hope that they understand somebody understands the struggles that they're going through. Uh, and for others, you know, how we're going to prosper and grow California in the 21st century. Well, let's take one of those issues, uh, pension reform. And that's yeah. something that, that, that nobody really wants to talk to. Again, one of those not sexy treasure type issues. 
there is a huge gap, hundreds of billions of dollars between what retirees in California have been promised and what the state's able to pay. Well, how would you how would you rectify that? Would you ask the uh, public service unions to kick back more? What would you do? We're going to continue to take a keep close track. <coughs> we have done what you said. We had the uh, pepper reform in uh, 2012, uh, mm -hmm. so that has helped uh, try to bring some of that imbalance. Uh, the uh, 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 addressing that issue going forward, right? But it, it impacts us significantly 20 years out, or now since that was 2012 and it first applied 2013, you know, like 16, 17 years out. And when those people were actually retiring sooner. Right. And today you see what the state workforce, basically we've had about a turnover of a third or the CalPERS members. So you're starting to see that with the baby boom generation. But we're going we're gonna to have to take more uh, action as we witness what happens with the performance of the markets. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to have to ask people to make additional sacrifices and contributions, we will, we will do so. We tried it, the governor and I put together, a, a, we think, an innovative uh, proposal uh, last week mm -hmm. when he did the May revise. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, little mm -hmm. cough. Uh, to try to better use uh, the dollars that we have available. So investing some of that money up front to try to get an, a good investment return uh, and so that we close that $68 billion gap that we have with CalPERS. Are we going <coughs> to... Excuse me. <clears throat> what about uh, California wants to be a sanctuary state? First of all, what does that mean to you, and do you agree with that? It means different things to different people, mm -hmm. right? So you, you have to standardize definition. Uh, we ought to be smart. The... Uh, so we want to make sure that we protect public safety, uh, but we also want to make sure that we don't do the federal government's job. The, uh, or the federal government is responsible for law enforcement. Frankly, they ought to be understand this is a country of immigrants. I'm in, uh, my parents were immigrants to this country. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so immigrants in, provide great, great value. Uh, and so fashion immigration policy that uh, understands uh, the changing workforce that we have. Let's, needs, let's have some water here. We're not. Needs, we're not. We're not shamed. This is. This is this, go ahead. Go, okay. go, yeah, please. But we won't. Get, we won't bust on you like a Marco Rubio. <laughs> so yeah, but so right. We have to make sure that we have that appropriate balance. We're not going to have state government, state state entities engaged in uh, the uh, immigration enforcement. Having them turn out. Where would you draw the line on that? Uh, we you still want to share some information, but the. Uh, because you want to disclose serious uh, crimes uh, mm -hmm. and the people who commit it, uh, so that's where I draw draw the line. Okay, um, twenty was it twenty percent of all kids in California live in poverty. What what would you do about that? We you know we see so much uh, where where we are in the in the Bay Area, uh, in, in, in Western Los Angeles. There's you know there's there's jobs, there's great wealth in many parts at least. Um, but there's so much of this. So many people in the state are, are living in poverty. What would you do to lift them out of that? Yeah, so uh, education is absolutely key. But we know for, for many that's going to take place in the long term. Mm -hmm. Workforce training for people immediately. Uh, there's some innovative programs looking at uh, the needs that we have for this state uh, and you, training some of the people who are unemployed at the moment or underskilled in regards to child care. Mm -hmm. uh, so getting them an AA degree, getting them the technical training uh, going forward. And then I've been working for a long period of time uh, as a state treasurer on creating more affordable housing. Because if you look at where you have 22% of Californians, when you consider transportation and housing, living in poverty, we have to address those core costs uh, in their life that are far uh, in, uh, increasing at a far faster pace 
than their wage increases. How do you how do you pay for that? How do you pay for that in, in uh, you know the, the poor parts of Kern County and, and and in the Central Valley? How do you how do you pay for that? Uh, so the, we have to be smarter with our finances. In the past, we used to have redevelopment agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they would get twenty percent set aside for the construction of mod and low housing. Now that we have uh, the state in better financial shape, uh, we ought to look at some type of uh, modification of what we have for economic development tools for local government. The redevelopment also was ripe with, with problems, though. Yes. I mean, it was not being used for things that had anything to do with uh, housing. How, do you, how would you reform that? That's, uh, in fact, I was a person, uh, when I was a state controller, who did. It didn't qualify technically under technical standards as an audit, mm-hmm. but who did the review? So I identified those abuses, the four-and-a-half-star mm-hmm. golf resort, uh, yes. where they were using redevelopment agencies. City of Coronado is absolutely beautiful, but the whole city should not be a redevelopment agency. <laughs> right? So you have to have strict... Or to pay uh, for police in some places, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. You have to have strict definition, and you have to make sure that you follow, uh, follow it. And frankly, they're not going to get their funds unless they're following the rules. And uh, let's talk about uh, another uh, hot topic in California, which is high-speed rail. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you on this? And if this, if the money isn't there... We're not going to, for the federal government. How do we, what do we do? Well, I think the uh, that next surge in effort has to be in identifying private investors, right? Because the uh, when you look at California's financial situation, right, and, and contemplated that we don't have enough money out of our general funds or mm-hmm. special funds, excuse me, <coughs> to to pay for all of high speed rail, mm-hmm. and so we have to find you know what type of business plans and models can we put out. Uh, and build that public-private partnership so that we can finance high-speed rail. What, are there really private investors who want to invest in high-speed rail? And what are you? Have you? You've been talking to people, from what I understand. What do they want out of it, and how close is, is, is we actually to making a deal there? There's there's a lot of work to be done, right? Yeah. Have, there are some people there that have unrealistic expectations. They want a rate of return that's guaranteed. Uh, they, I would not support that, right? Because yeah. if you're going to have a rate of return that's guaranteed. Uh, basically, I would go to all 40 million Californians yeah. and say, Sign hey, me up, yeah. <laughs> everybody put some money in, and we're going to give you a guaranteed rate of return. Right. Uh, so so but, how do you come back on that? What, if it's not, if they're asking for too much, what do you, what's going to happen? Is, you, it, is t- it possible to make a deal on that? The, uh, we will see, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on the other side uh, understanding what their bottom line is. Uh, in terms of the feds and uh, California, another dispute is uh, for the electrification of Caltrain. Right now, there's about the $647 million that Caltrain is expecting to get and not getting. If you were governor today, if you're hypothetical, um, what would you do next? Uh, Elaine Chow, the uh, uh, Secretary of Transportation, says, no, we're not doing that. All of the Republican congressmen in California are blocking this because it has to do with Silicon Valley and, and they don't like high-speed rail. How would you how would you step in as governor on that? Yeah, we're going to have to keep uh, pushing that particular effort, right? The, over time, you just have to build the relationships. Uh, obviously, there's been a bit breakdown in trust, uh, breakdown in philosophy. Uh, one of those things is you're going to have to keep communicating. Uh, it's, a lot of times, it th- doesn't happen easily. But uh, you know, I've been able over my time in public office to build strong relationships with my Republican colleagues, uh, mm-hmm. and so there's there's give and take there. Uh, so. What's, give us an example of a time where you, where you connected with Republicans and you worked with them on something. Oh, uh, a whole host of issues uh, mm-hmm. at the at the Board of Equalization. You know, when I was uh, treasurer, I opened my office. The you know, great to have conversations with uh, invi- you know former uh, minority leader Bob Huff. A uh, couple.
couple of assembly member, Republican assembly members on housing issues. Mm -hmm. uh, right? You want to have serious, earnest conversations. Obviously, people have different approaches, but people like being at the t table and trying to find serious policymakers. One, uh, one Republican you did, you did not endear yourself to was uh, former Governor Schwarzenegger, 2008. He said, uh, you know, when there was not a budget deal made, he said, let's reduce the salaries of 200,000 state workers to, you know, the federal minimum, which is about six and a half bucks an hour. And he said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to pay our state workers. What was, take us backstage to that. And what, what made you want to do that? Because you're taking on, you're, you know, you're taking on not only the governor of California, but, you know, someone with a big public figure and, and uh, you know, sort of superhero status, at least in the public's eye. Um, what, tell us what, what drove you on that. I put my political career at risk. It's, it's a matter of principle, right? The, and the, I wanted Governor Schwarzenegger to succeed, right? The, and part of that is the leadership that you send and signal to everybody. Uh, here you have people who are trying to do the right thing. They go to work every day. They're performing important public services. You could be a scientist working on public health issues. You could be an engineer. You could be uh, an educator. And to put them in harm's way, I thought was wrong, uh, right? How, you, how are they going to subsist in the recession uh, on minimum wage? How are they going to pay for that tank of gas to get to work? How are they going to feed their kids? How are they going to pay for their mortgage payments? And we heard those stories where mm -hmm. somebody didn't qualify for their mortgage because, you know, they heard that story that they weren't going to get paid. Uh, so always, uh, I wanted Governor Schwarzenegger uh, to take a different direction for in exercising his leadership for uh, for California. In addition, I don't want California to be placed in financial risk. Uh, employers in the state know this. You have to pay your employee the right wage. Uh, and so you can't just unilaterally decide, I'm not going to start paying people, I'm going to pay them a different wage. Right. And so we wanted to make sure during those that challenging financial times that we didn't subject California to financial penalties for paying its workers incorrect wages. And you've also ticked off Democrats. So it was a three years later, I think it was 2011, where uh, the um, you you docked the legislatures their legislators their pay. Um, and but there was some blowback for that. To and, and that was because there was they did not reach a state budget that was part of the law. Did what was the blowback you felt on that? Uh, I was in the penalty box for a couple years. What, what does the penalty box mean? Right, I would push legislative proposals, and I would hear from my colleagues, uh, John, you know it's not going to go through. Or I would hear from colleagues who were carrying my legislation, uh, John, can you take your name off because your name is toxic? Uh, <coughs> wow. So, and, and that's okay, right? Th that's okay. The uh, part of that is you understand in politics, there's going to be retribution. Uh, you take some tough action. They want to exercise their power. I wanted to exercise what I thought was right for the financial health of California. And when did you get out of the penalty box? When did you know you got out? Uh, you're never fully out of the penalty box with some people, right? Some people will hold grudges. Uh, but generally, you build constructive relationships uh, with most people. And then you had term limits. And uh, <laughs> so they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. Um, let's uh, let's talk about this, this race a little bit. Um, you've raised about... But four and a half, four point nine million, almost five million bucks at this point. Do you are you confident you'll be able to raise enough money to run a credible campaign? Yeah, we're 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 running a very strong campaign, right? We're we're in second, uh, good healthy mar uh, good healthy margins. So uh, I'm very excited. We're getting good cross section of support throughout the state. And tell us, a little, you've tapped into a lot of Asian American voters that previously were not givers, as far as you know. 
tell us a little bit about how you've sort of built that network over the years of running for office. Oh, a lot of relationships. So I've been long active. Uh, when I moved to California, I, I got involved uh, with Big Sisters of Los Angeles on the advisory council, Democratic Party of the San Fernando Valley, uh, helped refound the chapter of Organization of Chinese Americans, uh, very interested in civil rights, uh, member of the ethnic coalition where Latinos, African Americans, and Asians would come together to address uh, social justice and environmental justice mm -hmm. issues. Uh, so I built those friendships uh, you know, over the decades. And now that I'm running for a higher office, a lot of those friends who had been supportive uh, are trying to enlist and encourage their friends to participate. So we've been able to expand dramatically. And you're San Fernando Valley guy, we should uh, say that. I yeah, started so off in the San Fernando yeah. Valley. Uh, yeah. And then I today live in uh, Torrance, California. OK. Do, can you do a Valley Girl accent? But I can. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> I can do a bad Chinese yeah. accent. <laughs> we'll, we'll save you from yourself on that one. Um, let's talk weed. Uh -huh. All right. You got me? No, okay. <laughs> no you are uh, sort of the, a very key figure in the uh, legalization of cannabis in, in, in California. Well, the banking. The, yeah. the banking part yes. of it, yes. Um, but you were, you were pro-legalization? I voted for okay. it. Um, this, is, this, is, this is crazy times because this is a $7 billion industry we're yeah, thinking? Yeah, estimates are $7 billion uh, to, in regards to the economy, economic activity, yep. and uh, estimated revenues of a billion dollars. Yeah. But there is no, it is still illegal to bank your money if you were in the cannabis business here. And you uh, have sort of uh, convened a, uh, a group to, to talk about this, about what to do, because there's not a lot of great options. Right now, the options are, as a former board of equalization member, a lot of people are like bringing cash in duffel bags, uh, people who own cannabis businesses, to pay their taxes. And we, as Californians, want people to pay their taxes, especially a $7 million industry, what are you doing about this? Yeah, so as you pointed out, I convened a cannabis banking working group. Uh, mm -hmm. So we've had four meetings. Uh, we're listening to people from the cannabis industry. Uh, we're listening to uh, people who have been banking cannabis. We've been listening to regulators from across the country. Brought in the former Department of Justice employee who wrote the memo uh, that guides a lot of the uh, cannabis banking. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the big wrinkle is... Uh, What's the thinking back in Washington, D.C. with the new administration, uh, especially with the, the new attorney general? Uh, so we're trying to, at the end of the day, come up with uh, various solutions, options for people who are in the cannabis industry, understanding what the risk parameters are and what is uh, what there's clear sailing for. I have heard things uh both ways on this, uh, on, on, the can on what sessions will do. What is your latest read on how much they're going to pursue stuff like this? Well, as uh, I know they want to tackle some of it, but basically they deferred, right? They were encouraging uh, others, local jurisdictions, because they clearly don't have the federal resources no. uh, to stop all those types of activities. So I think if they were going to target activities, it would be, you know, big, aggregated, uh, coordinated mm -hmm. efforts. Uh, because if you, you're going to have, you know, 10,000, small shops uh, throughout the state of California, right? There's no way they have enough resources. Right, right. And, and that's just California, right? You already have Washington, Colorado, and others. But what would be best if they provide clear direction as to what's acceptable and what's not acceptable? Uh, because this isn't just a California issue. This is turning into a national issue. Oh, more than half the states uh, yes. you know, have, or have some sort of cannabis business allowed. Uh, one last question here. Sure. Uh, you know, the, uh, 
California governors are, are big personalities, you know, uh, and uh, the, uh, we have the Schwarzenegger, we've had Jerry Brown uh, four times. Uh, so the people you're running against, the uh, former big city mayors, uh, Newsom, uh, sort of an outsized personality, Villaraigosa, and your reputation is, you know, as we talk about, state treasurer, kind of behind the scenes kind of thing. How do you how do you compete against that? And I know that some people goof on you like, well, Chang, I, I don't really hear much about him. What do you how do you compete against that? Oh, the uh, I, I, I'm I'm sexy. <laughs> I'm fascinating. You know, I, I think most people just relate. Right. I'm a, yeah. I'm a good, decent guy who's like, you know, older brother, John, their next door neighbor who works really hard and takes care takes care of them right and recently we've had big personality governors but if you look in the past right you had pete wilson yeah you had gray davis oh, duke majin the, duke, gray davis like not yeah. not not the uh, barn burners there yeah so the uh you know i uh cam quad the old political consultant yeah. used to say right people like people they're comfortable with mm-hmm. uh and so i think people like the work uh, that we do right the last election cycle i had the second largest amount of votes mm-hmm. uh, in the state behind governor brown uh, and so i think as they look at the, who's serious uh who, you know who, who's the guy they trust who's taken the action over the last year uh who's moved california forward i think they're going to cast their vote for me all right treasurer john trump thank you so much great seeing you jg nice, nice <laughs> Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our guest was State Treasurer John Chung, the wild and crazy John Chung, as we've seen. Read more about local coverage of politics and subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Joe Garofoli, and remember, no matter who you are or what you're doing, it's all political. You've been listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive producer is Fernando Diaz. Our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. And our producers are Peter Hartlaub, Brittany Shell, and Claire Varellis. It's all political's theme music. We have theme music. It's called Cattle Call by Randy Clark's Crow Song. The Chronicle's Josh Zucker, who is our podcast's musical director, is on bass. If you like what you heard, good news, there's more. Listen to Chronicle podcasts and get bonus content at sfchronicle.com backslash podcasts, plural or subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or other streaming services.